Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. And we got the checks. All right, good morning, guys. It is the 20th of January, Thursday morning, 7.33 a.m. Mountain Time. It means it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am your host, Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, good friend, co-host, down there in Georgia, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing today? It's a, it's a Seattle. It looks like Seattle out here today. I feel like if I showed you my window right now and it was dark, rainy, and cloudy, you'd be like, oh, I'm home. Oh, God, I am <laughs> This has been a dreary, dreary winter so far. Like one of the, it was one of the wettest Novembers and Decembers in the last 20 years. So it's just been super cloudy, but looks like it's going to be sunny this weekend. I'm debating on waking up at 4 a.m. to drive out about an hour and uh, climb a mountain um, for the sunrise. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if the weather holds up, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting that itch again. It's, it's a to, pain to do, but you don't regret once you've done it. You know, no. you, you get it's, it's the memory. You, you don't remember the pain, I guess, kind of like, you know, having a baby. You don't remember yeah. the pain <laughs> or else you'd never do it again. Yeah. Um, you, you remember the memories and the good parts. It, it's worth it. Go do it. Yeah. Get some endorphins going as well uh, outside, which you don't get enough of these days. And, uh, you know, it's pretty, uh, pretty good activity to do. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. And I'm sure you Denver folks, most of you understand probably the, uh, the urge to hike. I feel like it's more of a, like people from that live in Seattle or from Seattle don't really do it, but all the transplants are about it. Probably one of the reasons that they moved out here. Uh, we got Luke Wright coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. If Aaron or Wilson, we should bring, if we get Aaron or Wilson, we should bring back Von Miller. I think if you bring back, if you get Aaron or Wilson, I mean, heck, let's have a party. You bring everybody back. Von Miller, Melvin Gordon, uh, who who wants to come play football with uh, in the Mile High City with a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, but got to prepare for other realities as well, it sounds like. No, and that, that's the thing is we talk about draft capital, but when you've got a guy like this, it makes free agency so much easier. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you can get, you can get established guys and you can do that in the short term while you go and win a lot of games and then, you know, rebuild your draft class, you know, in a, in a couple of years. Like I, I just see the, Oh, I don't, I don't want that guy. He's too old. You know, forget age. We're talking about the MVP of the league. If you don't yeah. want the MVP of the league, why are we here? You know, what, are, what are we trying to do? What's the goal of every season Win the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, to, to turn down a guy like Aaron Rodgers for future picks would, you know, obviously there's a limit, uh, you know, there's a limit, but you know, a couple of first round picks. Yeah. A couple of first round picks, maybe a second. I'm still interested. So, uh, I, I, I think, uh, if you can do it, you got to take that shot for sure. Listen up Broncos country tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, nope, absolutely. I agree with you there. Um, People are like, why would the Broncos want to do that? They'll just be right back exactly where they are right now. It's like, well, well there's a couple of rings four- maybe on their fingers. Yeah, God. What are we, like I said, why are we here? I, I think of the, uh, you know, the Taylor Twellman, you guys, even non-soccer fans have probably seen his rant. What are we doing? You know, yeah. what are we doing? It's like, yeah, we might win a couple of Super Bowls, but then we'd be back to the, back to needing a quarterback in three years. So what? You, yeah. you are you just skipping right over the part that you're you just are winning a couple Super Bowls? I mean, there's yeah. no guarantee there either, but you get my point. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, we could either get a three-year break from wandering the desert of curb quarterback purgatory, or we could just continue on in the same path where we live right now. So uh it seems like a pretty easy choice for me as far as the draft capital. I mean, picks are Picks are probably overvalued. We love the draft, but picks are overvalued a bit. I think we're kind of seeing it with the Rams as well. They're they're trading picks left and right. They have superstars. They're There's winning. There's a games. lot more uncertainty there, you know, yep. for sure. You just don't know how people are going to translate. It's exciting. It's the hope. We talk about that hope drives sports. Yeah. The hope drives sports. It drives the draft, recruiting, free agency, the hope. How are we going to get out of this? How are we going to win another one? The hope is awesome. It's what drives this game, drives a sport, drives comp- competition. Yep. And that's what Absolutely. makes the draft pick so much fun. But there's there's a lot more uncertainty there for sure. Yep. It's a family guy reference. So where they're trying to be sold a timeshare, if they go to the timeshare meeting, uh, then they get a they can win a boat. And the guy at the end, it's like, oh, you can win the boat or you could win the mystery box. And he's like, oh, a boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. You know how bad we want one of those? Like, just <laughs> Classic scene. Uh, EJ coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Ethan's in the house. DWI guys. Good morning, guys. US Dave. Then we got Dave Glassman as well. Falling sloth. Good to see you. How do y'all? How's everyone doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm starting to get excited for the weekend. Sean Burns. Good morning. Awesome show. What do you all think? What do you all think that the Broncos are going to do if they don't find a quarterback they're looking for? Um, Sounds like a song. That should be a song. If if I don't find the quarterback I'm looking for. (laughs) I'll come back to you. I still, be a- sing to okay. I know sports and kids movies. That's that's about me and cars. That, after that, I'm useless. Um, sing two was out, and I, I enjoyed it because they basically introduced U two to the young generation. I wasn't a U two fan, but I appreciate their greatness. So I still haven't found what I'm looking for is in that hmm. in that movie. So uh, so I said it sounds sounds like we're singing a song here. So what do you do if uh, if you don't get option A or B? It sounds like the Broncos will still trade for a veteran quarterback, but you need to prepare yourself for the likes of a Kirk Cousins or a Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Mike Kliss now has said that on the radio a couple different times, and he also tweeted it yesterday in a response to uh, former NFL 
personnel um, evaluator. I cannot remember who it was, but they said, why in God's name are do draft analysts keep forcing these quarterbacks up the board? They're not good. Um, essentially is what that guy said, um, which <laughs> because is general managers get stupid when it comes to quarterbacks. Look at the Chris desperate draft desperate. That's always the, uh, the key quarterback breeds desperation. Um, and you can see it right now. Broncos country is starting to get a little desperate. Now imagine if your job was on the line to get that quarterback, right? You're going to, you know, you're going to, when you're wearing rose colored glasses, all the red flags just look like normal flags, right? So that's kind of the issue here with the, uh, the quarterback position. Um, but we'll see what happens. We got Shane, Shane Daniels coming in. Shane, I feel like it's been a few shows. So good to see you again. Morning, Nick and Scott. What do you guys think of the second interviews? Who gets second interviews for the head coaching position? Uh, Dan Quinn, Nathaniel Hackett, if they can squeeze him in. I, I don't know how they, uh, the Packers schedule will change that if they win this weekend. And I'm guessing there'll be one more dark horse candidate. I'm going to go with Jonathan Gannon. I think we'll give Jonathan Gannon a second interview because it sounds like him and Peyton are boys. Yeah, that one, that one still looks a little, a little strange to me. Um, I, I honestly, I, I might go uh, the Patriots Mayo, Jared Mayo, as a, as a second head coach because he might be the guy I'm tabbing for defensive coordinator. Yeah, he might be the guy that I really want to look at for for defensive coordinator. So uh, that one wouldn't surprise me. So you know, Hackett, Quinn, uh, and maybe uh, Nagy. Nagy. All I can think of is Matt Nagy. What's the guy's name in Green Bay? Oh, uh, Hackett Getzy. Getzy. Every time I, every time his name, I think of him, Matt, the name Matt Nagy pops into my mind, and now it's freaking stuck. So when I say Matt Nagy, I mean Luke Getzy. So yeah, um, just translation. Yeah, um, for sure. But again, those if those guys are being brought in, I think they're being brought in for coordinator interviews under the guise of the head coaching interviews, and they're probably pretty honest with them up front. You know, hey, listen, yeah. appreciate you being here. We really want you to talk, talk, talk to you about defensive coordinator. Let's keep that on the down low. <laughs> yeah. I could see them bringing Brian Callahan back for an interview uh, because he's the only one who's getting a non-in-person interview. So it could be like, okay, we liked it. a lot of what we heard for Zoom. Didn't give you a, I feel like a fair shake in that regard. Uh, I know that he also has connections to the Denver Broncos organization, I believe, dating back a bit. So he's one that I could see uh, getting that second interview as well. And thank you, Shane. I'm assuming these are stars. Uh, yeah, because- Shane, appreciate the stars. Jeremy Sean coming in. Good morning, good people of Broncos country. Uh, not talking to us. Must be talking to you people in the chat. Uh, we got, oh man, can you? Uh, I don't do those. I'm better with the Spanish. The Spanish. Uh, Hajnia Bratarovic. I don't do the, the the way. There's a there's a soccer player for Chelsea. His name's Aspilicueta, and they call him Dave. So we might <laughs> we might call you Dave. <laughs> Appreciate you Has- being here though. Has Ninja. Uh, thank you so much. He says draft a quarterback. Well, um, I agree with you, but which one um, and where at matters a heck of a lot. That's Close. a, uh, that looks like a very, I think you come out of this Slovakian. class with a D, with a quarterback. I do. Yeah, you probably do. do. You probably have uh, to. I, I, I just, where? I'm with Nick. I don't want it to be in the top. I don't want to be with your number nine pick. Yeah. If they fall in love with the dudes, you know, on the whiteboard and the character and the personality and like the drive and whatnot, that's fine. Um, I actually was listening to a uh, a show yesterday, a live stream interview. Are you aware of uh, Jordan Palmer? Does that name ring a bell for you? Uh, is that Carson's brother? Carson's brother. Yeah, he's become kind the, of the, the Palmer boys ran quarterback camps out in Southern California too. So he's become um, a big time for the quarterback development mm-hmm. stuff, and he does a lot with, uh, gosh, uh, bio mechanics of these mm-hmm. guys like uh, talking about like just the the force and the jewels, and they have like he's got deals with Wilson and. Uh, talks about a lot of how 
football is way far behind compared to things like golf, as far as the biomechanics and like recording people and getting their muscular skeletal, like, uh, positioning correct so that way they can maximize their velocity and accuracy and stuff. And they, he did an awesome interview yesterday with, uh, the draft dudes. If you guys want to check that out, it was a really fun to listen to Jordan Palmer and kind of the up and coming difference in developing quarterbacks. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Um, he's one that he's working with, uh, Carson strong and Desmond Ritter are the big two right now. So, uh, really fun to hear about those two guys training the, the work ethic Desmond Ritter sounds like he is just a maniacal workaholic um improved a lot just could do every single detail he's just in there grinding and Carson Strong a two-star quarterback coming out from wherever he did and uh still working on his biomechanics to unleash his arm he thinks that his arm can get you know 20 25 stronger uh just yet so because there's some stuff in his base that he's just all arm right now there there's something to that you can you can do a little bit of that at this stage but that you really put that work in when they're younger honestly you know the yeah. whole if y'all remember, got him a first round pick, but if y'all remember the, oh, Tim Tebow is redoing his release. No, he's not. Not not at 22, 23 years old. You are who you are at that point. Either you like it or you don't. When you are under duress, when you're in the pocket, when you're on the run, you're going to go with what you've been doing your whole life. That's just the way it is. So I, I like some of that stuff. And some of it I think is... You know, as he's saying, it's under it's it's underdone. I think a little bit is a little bit overblown, to be honest with you. When it comes to, you know, you're not talking about a, a batting swing. Okay, I'm going to put my hands in a different place, or I'm going to do something. This, when you're under duress, you go with what comes naturally, with what you've been doing for a long time. So you got to be a little bit careful with that stuff. Uh, and Miguel Santi Stevan. Uh, it says, good morning, fellas. Do you think Peyton is gunning for the coach that worked with the QB he wants to go after? Or maybe I'm wearing my tinfoil hat. Um, it looks, I mean, it, it could be coincidental. I, you know, if you look at a couple of the main candidates, uh, I, I just think the Quinn and Russell Wilson thing, that, that link is overrated. We're talking about a defensive coordinator from a decade ago. Um, you know, not even the same side of the ball. Um, you know, they're acquaintances. They probably maybe kept in touch. I don't know. Uh, as far as, you know, do you, would you still take Hackett even if you couldn't get Rodgers? Yeah, probably. You, you'd probably, if, if Quinn decides to go somewhere else, um, you don't get Quinn, you decide not to get Quinn and, and Hackett is your number one choice. Yeah. Um, you, you still go after Hackett even if you don't get Rodgers because he's because of themselves. So the package deal is nice, but you've got to make decisions based on their own merits or else you're going to make the wrong decision. Yeah, think about it like you are in the dating pool and you come across a very nice girl and, uh, you know, you're dating for a while, you love her and you find out later that she is an heiress. You, you better love her regardless of the money that's coming in. Now, if they get the money or not, that's great. That's a good bonus. But uh, you still need to love that individual person. So uh, we're here for the dating analogies. Thank you very much, Miguel. Elliot Sean coming in saying, good morning, gents. Exciting time for our Broncos. Indeed it is, Elliot. Uh, can't wait until it all unfolds. Well, make sure you guys are joining us here as we on Broncos for breakfast and all the huddle up shows as we continue to, I guess, venture forward into the off season and digest everything that's happening. Cause there is going to be a lot of breaking news, a lot of change in Broncos country. And uh, hopefully we're your, your guys's first stop in coming together in a community and discussing what's happening to our beloved Broncos. Yeah. And, and appreciate the stars, Elliot. And Peter comes in. Uh, good morning, Peter. He says, why is everyone so sure about the media short list of candidates so far? So is there a limit to how many people you're allowed to interview from other teams or is there a limit period? I wouldn't think there'd be a limit period. 
I think there's a, I think you, I think there is a limit period. I think you mm. can only interview 12 people. Okay. I think that there is a cap. Well, and that's on one of the reasons, Peter, interviews. because they, we, we've got our names and they've been fairly public with, we just completed an interview with X. You know, yeah. these aren't, these aren't rumors at this point. You know, they're, they're, we're seeing social media. They're showing us who they're interviewing. So I, I think that's, uh, after you get past the the head coaching position, um, you know, and if you're, why are you going to interview 10 if you really are after a different five? Uh, you know, I, I think this probably is the list. What what surprises me is there wasn't anybody from college and there wasn't anybody that wasn't already in the NFL. Uh, maybe they did their their early process because, again, this didn't just spring up on George Payton. George Payton has been working on this list probably for 10 years. Honestly, if you're a general manager, I'm not a general manager and I've got an idea who I would want to come run my team, um, yeah. let alone if I'm actually in there working. That's just the way people like this think. We're always force ranking things. Who do I want as my next quarterback? You know, we do it as fans. We do it as analysts. So he's been working on this list for a long, long time. It didn't just happen the day, the the Sunday morning that they dismissed Vic Fangio. Yeah, I'm really a Big Ten bias because I'm thinking of all these college coaches in the Big Ten that I would come interview just to pick their brain about what they're doing scheme wise and uh, player evaluation, like how how that bleep. Is Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern winning the Big Ten West? You know that that there's no way that should be happening. I need to pick that guy's brain. Or Jim Leonard, who was uh, incredible uh, defensive mind and safety not not incredible safety, but like known as one of the smartest, brightest players. I think Rex Ryan said he was the smartest player he ever coached, um, and he's the defensive coordinator for Wisconsin, and he's doing incredible stuff uh, with Wisconsin's defense every single year. So that's that's where my head goes if I had a list of guys. Ruben, you're going to be on my Ruben, list. Ruben, I'm here. not going to read this whole thing. I already read it, so I'm going to get to the uh, to, to the gist of it. Uh, he's talking about and I'm going to show it because I'm about to hide behind it. Um, uh, he's basically asked, Ruben, thank you for the stars, my friend. Appreciate you being back here. He says, good morning, guys. Um, he's talking about Vaughn, Vaughn Miller, and how do we let this guy go when we got Chubb, who didn't do anything? I, I honestly think part of it was a a, a do-right by Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller, you didn't trade Vaughn Miller to, you know, to the Falcons. You traded him to the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams are a, a glitzy, big-market team that are in the playoffs, that are not just in the playoffs, a, a, a serious contender for the Super Bowl. And it, it was just a one-year deal. And you ended up getting a second rounder out of it and a third rounder out of it. You paid for one of those, but you got two players and you're not, you weren't going anywhere this year. It was obvious to everybody. You weren't going anywhere this year. I, I think I said about week six, Nick, I'm like, this team has stopped playing. This team has stopped playing for Vic Fangio. That was, they know that Vaughn, Vaughn, you know, for, for what he said was, oh, you know, it took me by surprises. Maybe it was shocking to him, you know, when it finally comes through, you can see it coming. It's still a shock, hmm. uh, but he was part of this discussion or you, you don't just send him to, it's not like you send him up to, I'd normally say Buffalo, but that's not a, a bad place to be right now. You didn't just send him to Detroit or Atlanta. You sent him to LA uh, and Chubb, Chubb's been a massive disappointment this year, not through all his own fault, but when you're looking at, again, he says he had zero sacks. In eight games, how does that happen? How do we lose Vaughn? Because you got something back for Vaughn. Mm -hmm. And shoot, again, we've mentioned it at the top of the show. He might be able to come back this year. You might get Vaughn back. New coach. Uh, hey, Vaughn, you want to come back and play on a $5 million contract? Maybe. He might. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Mr. Sir McLovin, good morning, all. Best morning show. Well, we appreciate that. I don't know how many uh, we're in categories with uh, for that competition, but uh, 
That's okay. We get Jetty Splashes in the house. I'm the Good morning. Best looking dude in Montana. Oh God. <laughs> There's some probably some Montana listeners in here. You better There's be like three you. of us. There's like you know, I always talk about us like, you know, it's like winning winning a competition in North Dakota. There's only two people in it. No, we appreciate the good words for sure. Be careful of the Great Plains, man. There's some Broncos fans in here. Maybe not <laughs> Atlanta, but you guys got to let me know. I'm actually talk- been talking with the wife. We're trying to decide our summer getaway in July or August. And we've been talking a little bit of, look, last year, I don't know if you got the your year in review from Google Maps. It said that I went to like six cities and w- two states, which is not necessarily true, but essentially true. So I didn't do much this last year outside of Washington. Why would you? It's beautiful. But this year, maybe talking... Alaska or Glacier National Park in uh, Montana, maybe going down to Utah or Yosemite as well, but we'll see. Um, but Montana, beautiful. Drove through it once, but absolutely beautiful. Oh, I promise you, I'm not hacking on North Dakota and Montana. I love them. Love them. Oh, okay. I, I uh, would love to be up there. I'm just saying that the population's a little sparse. There's not a lot yeah. of competition for, uh, not a lot of competition for services. Yeah, there you go. That's, <laughs> there you go. Mark Anthony, good morning, y'all. Do you think we're going to get a blue chipper at nine during the draft? Broncos for breakfast, bring back the beer fund. Oh, man, I probably not in the morning. Um, that's a that's a different show. Scott's uh, Scott's not partaking in that regard, and I am probably shouldn't oh, be drinking. If we, if we the had morning. the beer fund right now, you wouldn't want to see me on the night show. You probably wouldn't see me on the night show. That's the problem with the beer fund on Broncos for breakfast. Oh, man, that would be that would be a good time. Maybe maybe for the offseason. Um, anyway, a blue tripper at nine in the draft. It sounds like in just talking with people, and again, I went through and like have been doing some work, uh, and we'll get to it in a second here, but the, the linebackers in this class, I'm watching N'Kobe Dean. I'm watching Devin Lloyd. They're both good players, but if you're looking for a blue chipper caliber athlete at the linebacker position, uh, somebody like, God, one of my first draft crush loves was uh, get in line, Nick. Luke Keekley at Boston College, just playing differently. Uh, loved Devin White coming out of LSU. And Micah Parsons moved different. Neither of these linebackers are like that, but they're talking being talked about in the top nine. Why? Because the top of this draft this year is it's a down year for at the top. I do think there are blue chippers still. I don't know if I would put Hutchinson or Thibodeau at true blue chip edge rushers. Uh, they're not like the Miles Garrett, Chase Young, Nick Bosa tier of players, in my opinion. They're very good still, but for this class, let's we'll call them blue chippers. Uh, so Hutchinson, Thibodeau, I would put Neil and Aquano at blue chippers. Uh, then obviously you have my favorite player in this class, Kyle Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely a blue chipper. Um, and then maybe Derek Stingley. I have heard That's some reports. I was, going. That I was thinking Derek Stingley. There's some concerns about his foot, um, apparently, that could crop up uh, long-term. So we'll watch out for the foot with Derek Stingley. The other one who I think maybe deserves a shout-out as a blue chipper, but he won't go drafted as a blue chipper. But I need to give him a shout-out. And I'm not advocating for him in the top 10, but he's, he's special at his position, is Tyler Linderbaum. He is a blue chipper relative to, to his position. It's just... I don't think there's been a center drafted higher than 16 overall in like 20 years. Mm-hmm. So it's just not a position of, of value. So, um, but he's still, he's damn good at a center position. Well, blue chipper is a, is a relative phrase. So however you want to qualify my comments on this, I think you can get a really, a really exciting player at a position of need at nine. Is that a blue chipper? I'll let you decide on that. Yeah. I think you can get a, an immediate starter at nine in a place you really want him and he's going to really improve your team and you're going to be excited to watch him play next year. Yeah. If that's a blue chipper to you, then yes. If it's not, what's a blue chipper? Okay. It's a guy that I think could be multiple pro bowler and well, maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I tell you what, I'd rather be drafting for, for uh, financial reasons. I'd almost rather be five to 10 to one to five. 
I, I think your the hit rate is going to be about the same. I'm not completely sold on the guys at the very top, especially the edge guys. Any, I'm not any more sold on Aiden Hutchison to a certain extent than I am George Karloftis. It's kind of like the quarterbacks that Nick always says. I've got him in tears. I'd rather take the last one because he doesn't cost me as much. It's a little bit how I feel like the Broncos sitting at nine are in a – that's a good spot to be in this draft. Last draft, you wanted to be in the top three because you're either going to get um, – you know, the quarterback or someone was going to give you a lot of capital for the quarterback and coming down just below that changed things a little, but you could still get a really exciting player. So I'm excited about the the eight and nine picks in this draft. I do wish the Broncos were picking above the Falcons because what's going to happen is there's going to be a edge rusher or a right tackle that falls there or Kyle Hamilton and the Falcons will jump on him and I'm going to be very sad. But, you just, but the good news is you just named three players. Yeah, but you know, the, so you can get the one you, you can get one of the three of those three. So if the edge rusher or Kyle Hamilton or the right tackle or the corner, two yeah. of those guys are going to be available. Yep. You get the other one. And who says who says you're going to be uh, wrong, right or wrong? on who, who is going to be right or wrong on that pick? Well, I will be visibly upset if Kyle Hamilton goes. Unless at it's eight. Kyle Hamilton at eight. It, yeah, I will be visibly <laughs> upset. I will be. <laughs> I would also be upset if it was a uh, Ika McQuanu because I really like him as well. Um, speaking of Ika McQuanu, uh, but let's get to Muhammad first with the three dollar super sticker. Thank you so much, Mo. I also saw Travis is in the house, who's always a big supporter for us. Thank you guys so much, Michael Ronquillo, also in the house as well. We got some of our heavy hitters in the house. C. Patrick Havener coming in here. Can't really see what the picture is. Looks like maybe a bunch of people in front of a statue. Stars. He's just showing love. So, uh, right. so Patrick certainly appreciates you for for the love that you. And the support that you've thrown to our show. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. Um, getting into it, uh, talking the draft here. It's obviously Scott and I's favorite thing to be armchair general managers. We'll tell you what we think and do the best we can. Travis coming in too. Travis actually is sending me a, a small gift coming up here. So I'm, I got my eye out for it, Travis. Thank you so much. Uh, morning, fellas, watching the show, Denver Broncos for life. Good morning to you, Travis. Go Hawkeyes. Uh, getting into it, the mock drafts. The Broncos yesterday, two very prominent people in the draft media released two mock drafts, um, one of them being Mel Kuyper Jr. releasing his mock draft 1.0 on the year. And he had the Broncos going with a player that we've discussed on here multiple times, Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia. Now, this is what Mel Kuyper had to say about the pick. Uh, the Broncos need a quarterback, of course, but the feeling I get is that they're more likely to try and add a veteran in either the trade or free agent market. This rings true with what Mike Kless has said as well. They have a solid roster and a veteran could help them win right away. This could change as we get closer to the draft and they hire a coach, but I'm going to stay away from the quarterback here for now. Denver could be a great spot for the draft's best off-ball linebacker. Interesting. Keep that in your head, folks. Uh, Nicobe Dean, who was the leader of the spectacular Georgia defense. He makes clear tackle. He makes tackle after tackle and can run sideline to sideline to make plays. And he has three down potential because of his ability to cover tight ends and running backs. He'll also help as a blitzer. He had six sacks in 2021. The Broncos have the Rams second and third round picks for the Von Miller trade, like we talked about earlier. So George Payton has a real chance to get this team back to the playoffs if he can nail a few early selections, just like he did last season with Patrick Sertan and Javonta Williams. So let's get to it first. Mel Kuyper Jr., the godfather. Say what you will about him. Um, yeah, I think I have great respect for Mel Kuyper Jr. Some people are like, oh, he's just a forecaster or he's kind of, you know, listening to people in the league. That dude puts in his own work. That dude is watching the tape himself, and he's having his own opinions. Yes, he's connected. He's been in the league for a while. Why wouldn't you use that information? But I have great respect for Mel Kuyper, understanding how hard it is to be in this position uh, for the draft analyst because you're not going to get it 100% right. The teams no, don't you, get it right for God's sake. you've done it as long as he is, you're going to have some bad takes. That's just yep. part of trying to predict the future. 
Uh, I, I, I've had a lot of respect for him for a long time. Uh, but when it really hit me was, you know, in the nineties, I mean, he's been around a long time. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think I heard him mid season, uh, doing a radio interview, talking about one of the football games that was going on. And it was really, really good. Just talking, uh, you know, uh, an Ole Miss Texas A&M game or, you know, yeah. probably Arkansas at that time. But it was completely non to do with the draft. It was just a guy Football. who knows the game. And again, he's going to have some horrible takes. Anytime that that you are in the business of predicting the future and forecasting, you're going to end up looking like an idiot. You mm -hmm. th That's what happens. So you try and hedge a little bit. This guy could become if he reaches his potential. Yeah. Um, you start talking in absolutes, you're really going to look like an idiot. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I do have a lot of respect for him. And, and help help this old guy out here. Help this old guy out here. Man, I'm used to Will, Sam, Mike, inside, outside. What the hell is off-ball linebacker? Uh, so obviously you have your Will, Sam, Mike, Jack, whatever you want to call it. But with the way the game <laughs> is going right now... Like, uh, Ball. He's in the middle. He's a middle linebacker. He's inside. Off ball. Sometimes he goes outside. Off ball is a pretty much a linebacker who's not an edge rusher. It's that second level of the defense. So um, just like, you know, defensive end really fluctuates based on your scheme. Um, a lot of those guys are calling those guys edge rushers now. Just easier because there's so much uh, hybrid defense looks on the fronts these days. Uh, defensive tackle is not all the same either anymore either. So kind of interior defensive line. I wish they would delineate that those positions even more same with safeties uh safety is not a safety you could have a guy uh jamal adams versus earl thomas those guys are both safeties could not be further apart in what they do on the field what they're asked to do so um off ball is just kind of a catch-all for the linebacker who's playing on and the second really level off the line off the line yep off line linebacker it's a, it's yep. a home wait it's a guy who backs the line like a linebacker see all this like newfangled stuff it, it's just I don't know. Convoluted maybe? linebacker is what he is. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> issue is that a lot of people like David Ojabo will be listed by some team as an outside linebacker. Well, he's kind of a linebacker, but he's, he's an edge rusher. It's easier to yeah. clump him in he's that a, category. And I'll say he's a, he's an outside linebacker in a, in a three, four, he's a defensive end in a four, three. Yep. Yep. Edge all. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Edge. Um, but Nicobe Dean, um, I like a lot of what, uh, Kel Kuiper said here. Personally, I do not like the value of taking a linebacker at nine. Uh, but Nicobe Dean, he didn't mention some of the stuff. Nicobe Dean is definitely the leader. He did mention this. Nicobe Dean is the leader of the defense. I think we talked about it on here before in the national championship, the Georgia other linebacker who will probably go day two, round four of the draft, uh, somewhere in the middle, uh, made a mistake. And then Nicobe Dean's in there just chewing his ear off about making a mistake. And that the player doesn't know bite back or, you know, shrivel up. He's sitting there taking the criticism like, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I understand. Then he goes out there and makes a play uh, later in the game made, well, the one he made a mistake on, they try to go back to it, and he makes the play. Nicobe Dean is in there hyping him up. So he's definitely the the heart, the pulse of that defense for Georgia. Um, I do have some worries, and this maybe will get an eye roll for some people, but I when I watched, I watched uh, four Georgia games yesterday. And got, Scott, Scott, I Jalen Carter is a freaking god. He is so <laughs> good. Oh, my. It's hard to watch Georgia because the best player they have is not draft eligible and number 88, Jalen Carter. Anyway, uh, Nicobe Dean. Very a lot of energy. I don't think he moves the same uh, the same speed as a Devin White or a Micah Parsons, despite being thirty pounds lighter, which is a little bit of a concern for me. But he's a good linebacker. I think he's got a lot of instincts. When he talks about him matching up against 
tight ends and running backs in space. That's the one where I'm just kind of like, okay, I guess in theory that Georgia didn't really use him that much that often from what I saw. They thought that Nicobe Dean's best when he was in pursuit, which I agree. And they sent him on blitzes, which is fine. That's great if you can use him in that way. Uh, but that's dependent on your scheme. Maybe that's not going to be the best usage for you on your defense. It just concerns me. But I want my linebacker to be able to cover on third down, to play in space on third down, not be allocating more guys to the rush. I'm not a big fan of blitzing in general. So well, and, I like uh, Dean, but I don't love him. Again, best is a relative term. When I think of best, I think of skill set only. Yeah. And Devin Lloyd might be a better skill set linebacker than a Kobe Dean. Yeah. Uh, he's a little bit bigger. His change of direction is absolutely elite. He's got the length. He's got the closing speed. He's got the awareness. Nicobe Dean, you're not, he's going to, it's hard to measure. You can't tell, but he's going to be at the top of the mark on everything else. On the intangibles, leadership, work ethic, uh, awareness, smarts, all of that stuff that you love in a classic middle linebacker to be the quarterback of your defense. For me, Nicobe Dean, you take him because he's going to make everybody else around you um who am i thinking of the the the, the big four linebackers big the linebackers uh with the new orleans saints a long time ago i think sam jackson was he the one that's probably too old for you he was in the middle it reminds me a little bit of that to a certain extent um al wilson you know yeah. it is where he, I, I get a, a comp there someone near and dear to the hearts of broncos country um would i want that player with the intangibles being one of the bigger things that I like about him at number nine. Probably yeah. not. I probably wouldn't want him at nine. I would love for someone at 12 or 13. If that's where I want to go and Nicobe D my guy, if he's my guy, then you take him. Yeah. Uh, you, you take him. Mm -hmm. um, but I sure would like to be able to get him a little bit later in the draft if I could. Yeah. And Jeremy busting my balls here. Write it down. Nick Kendall. Dean, not an elite athlete. First off, you spelled my last name wrong, so you won't find me. Ha ha. Uh, number two, <laughs> Dean is a good athlete, but I am a big proponent that size is part of the equation for athletic. Like if you have two guys that run four fours, give me the guy who's six three two hundred versus the guy who's five eight one eighty because the bigger guy moving just as fast is. I mean, it's simple uh, physics, right? That that guy is going to have more power because of the momentum behind him, uh, more mass, right? Uh, P equals mv. We're getting into some real nerd talk here. Um, but uh, I think Dean is a good athlete. I just don't, he does not, I don't think he moves the same from the bar that I watched, you know, and we've done this multiple years now, but if you're watching Micah Parsons, if you're watching uh, Devin White, if you're watching hell, even Devin Bush, I don't think Dean is going to test at that level. And because of that, I think he, and granted to be fair, you know, hand to God um, for the linebacker position, how important is that? Because it is the processing that is more valuable for the linebacker position. You can have elite athletes out there, but if they are, you know, pardon my French, but dumbasses who are like a dog chasing car at every single snap motion and getting their hips in the wrong place and their eyes in the wrong place, they're going to suck. Um, hello, uh, Chargers, Kenneth Murray, great athlete. Dude's an idiot. Dude couldn't process anything out there. I mean, the, people talk about the Chargers needing defensive linemen this year. They need linebackers because Kenneth Murray is terrible and they traded up for a first round linebacker like a bunch of idiots. Um, that's, <laughs> God, that just doesn't work out. Um, but um, I don't think he is a exceptional athlete, especially when you bake in his size. Yeah. And at that, at that height, as a top 10 pick, you need to have the, the freak nature on the athleticism as well. I believe, unless you're talking quarterbacks, um, you know, quarterbacks are, I say that I've said before, it's the hardest position to judge because it's the hardest position to measure, you know, yeah. 
bigger, faster, stronger is usually going to be the right way to go when you're talking about football. And speaking of bigger, faster, stronger, Ethan over in London, the DWI guys, said food for thought on Broncos for breakfast. I like what you did there, Ethan. Tennessee, Kansas City, 49ers, Green Bay are the only teams to play four of the remaining eight teams. Tennessee is 4-0. Green Bay is 3-1. 49ers are 3-2. They beat the Rams twice. Interesting. KC is 1-3. Other teams against the remaining Buffalo, 1-2. Cincy, 1-2. And Tampa, 1-1. And And what's strange is I think of these teams, the biggest pretender out there is the one that's 4-0. So... How, you know, that, that doesn't make any sense. It's illogical. You know, I, I talked to the other day about there's stuff that just doesn't quite work in me. I can't make it quite connect to my brain. Tennessee doesn't feel like an elite team to me, yet they're the ones that beat all of the other teams. So now that it matters, because again, if I hear anybody ever say in NFL, every game matters, I just, I kind of, at best, I'm going to roll my eyes at you. At worst, you're going to get slack. You're going to get, you're going to get back talk. Now that it actually matters, because again, they're all playing. Now it matters. 4-0 didn't mean anything. It didn't. Home field advantage, blah, blah, blah. New York Giants was a wild card on the road and won the Super Bowl. I don't care about it. Now that it matters, I think Buffalo, I think Kansas City are the two best teams in the AFC. Uh, And then I think on the other side, you've got uh, Green Bay, Tampa, Rams. Uh, I think the 49ers are the easy, easy draw in that group. Yeah, it's 49ers are so weird because they just play such a different style. And I'm not sure how Green Bay is going to match up against them, especially. I, you know how much I love the match quarters, uh, two deep safety look defense, which the Packers are running because they have a disciple of Vic Fangio and Joe Barry running there. But with how the 49ers run the ball with heavy personnel, uh, tight end and fullback back there, um, that's going to make it pretty tough on the Packers and how they want to play defense. So that'll be an interesting game. I'm... I agree with you as far as Titans are the worst team on paper because they have the worst quarterback remaining of the guys that are left. But Ryan Tannehill is a fine quarterback. He's top 10 in the NFL. I think he's underrated a bit. And the Titans, you know, Derrick Henry's gone. Oh, they're going to lose now. They're going to fall apart. They just kept on winning. Um, they're a really good team. They're really good sound defense. Uh, they probably have the best safety in football in Kevin Byard. I'm absolutely in love with that. With Amani Hooker. Why? Because he's a Hawkeye. Go Hawks. Um, God, he's been incredible there. He played for that uh, star position for the Hawkeyes, and he's been a real, I mean, he's essentially playing the slot position as a defensive back, but he's a bigger body, and he's killing it for them. And then my favorite, God, am I going to say this? My favorite non-Bronco in the entire NFL plays for the Titans in Jeffrey Simmons. Oh, my God. I absolutely love Jeffrey Simmons so much. They can get after the quarterback with four guys. They don't have the dominant edge rushers, but D'Amico Autry, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, those guys absolutely kick butt. Um, they're a lot of fun. They can get after it. Harold Landry can as well on some plays. So uh, I think the Titans will have a good game. I think that they're the best two teams in the AFC are matching up against each other this week in the Bills and the Chiefs. So Titans could win against the Bengals. Bengals have some warts, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 they're probably favored. It wouldn't surprise me if they were favored five or six points. Yep. Um, but I think that it just feels to me and I hope everybody comes out of this game healthy, you know, with uh, with the Bills and, and the Chiefs. I want I want the Titans to get the best version of the Bills or the Chiefs um, in order to to play it all. So um, I, again, the, the Tennessee four and zero, you can't discount that. It, you just you can't. You look at that and you're like, man, the Tennessee team's for real. And again, it, if I'm talking about Buffalo losing to the Jags, I can certainly give the Titans a pass for losing to the Jets. Uh, you know, it, it happens. There's times where they just mail it in. 
but yep. there's no mailing it anymore. The, 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 the elite teams are stepping up, and uh, we saw that in, in round one of the playoffs. Appreciate you, Ethan. Uh, Miguel Santi Stevan coming in and saying, do you think if Quinn gets a job, he will make defensive calls or we let it be his coordinators? You know, honestly, I don't remember if he called the defenses in Atlanta. I don't know that he did, to be honest with you. Um, he had a big hand in the game planning, um, obviously, and and the scheming. But I honestly don't remember if he called the plays, if he called the formations. I I want to say he didn't, but I, I wouldn't put any money on that one. I'm like 60-40 on that one. I feel like he maybe took play calling duties a couple times when things were kind of getting off the rails, but for the most part, he was delegating. And I think that's something the Broncos are really interested in as well. Uh, Cause I think this is just me speculating, but I think George Payton feels that while Vic Fangio was so good on the defensive side of the ball, because he was so hyper-focused on that other areas of the, the organization and the team were neglected and did not, were not maximized. Um, so sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, but the Broncos are going the other direction, even though they're both defensive minds going for more of the CEO type in Quinn, assuming it's going to be Quinn. And I saw that uh, we had the comments earlier from, uh, oh gosh, somebody, uh, was saying that we read their super chat wrong. Peter, Peter Middleton saying, uh, how he was saying that, uh, how does, how is the media so sure it's going to be Quinn? How are they so certain about that? Not the 10 candidates, but just which one's out on top it's not like the NFL draft where you have to be super secretive with the ninth pick because all the teams in front of you could use that information uh, to against you. Um, there are three parties yeah, or, here. Or the can teams do. behind you can, and they're going to jump the, up yes. in front of you. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that's one that, uh, thank you, Peter, uh, that there's three parties involved here, more than three parties, but let's say it's three parties. It is the Broncos who might be keeping everything close to chest, but then you have the representation of whatever coach you're interviewing. And that's another more people that know information that could uh, sink ships, loose lips, sink ships. And there's all these other teams, you know, Dan Quinn, like oh, I'll interview for Miami, but uh, my people are telling Miami's people that he, if Denver offers their job, he's going to take it. So uh, it's not just Denver. Um, that's where this information is coming from. It's, it's around the league and it's, it's more of an open market than say the NFL draft. Uh, so Peter coming in again, which draft picks do you think are pining for the Broncos? Like Parsons for the Cowboys? do you think are what draft picks do you think are pining for the Broncos? Like what, which ones are people pulling for, for the Broncos? Um, I think a lot of people want a quarterback, uh, but there's not one that people can agree on. Um, so that's, that's an issue. I think a lot of people would love Evan Neal. I think that's probably the one you could really pacify some of the people screaming about tackle for years and years. Um, he's a big name uh, that people have seen six, five, three fifty, great athlete, Alabama pedigree as well. So I think Evan Neal would be the one people are pining for. But I don't think Evan Neal is going to make it to nine. So I think he's got a chance to go one overall, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel safer with the offensive tackles than I do the deep, the edge guys um, in this in this draft. And we don't always want to go safe. Again, if you get a guy at one that can't play, you're hurt. You are yeah. absolutely hurt. And I don't think there's any doubt that at the worst, Evan Neal is going to be a solid pro for a long time. It does feel like it's going to be that kind of draft in the top 10, unfortunately. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, he's saying that Peter, Peter's saying that uh, Parsons wanted to be a cowboy throughout the draft process. Um, I don't know exactly who wants to go to which team. I don't really bake that into my evaluation. It's kind of a fun story after the Doesn't draft. Doesn't do them any good. And they don't nope. want, they don't want to, uh, they don't want that to be held against them for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, I grew up a Kansas City Chiefs fan and now the Denver Broncos hate me. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. Um, and we got EJ coming in saying, "Oop, sorry, go, but you can go back to Travis." Yeah, just real quick on on Travis because I actually did some research on this. Are there any solid free agent right tackles that'll be available this off season? Uh, look up the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chuck's uh, actually put it in in the uh, copy and paste because I want to call him Okafor, but that's it's Okorafor. Chuck's Okorafor. He's like twenty five years Chuck- old. Gave up two sacks at right tackle. Um, and he was a third round pick, I think. So he he didn't get an option year. He's going to be Michigan. He's going to be expensive. He's going to be yeah. expensive. But what do you have? You got money. So that's a guy, the Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, let me. Uh, I'll drop his. I'm just going to drop his name here. Chuck in Wuma Corafor. Chuck Wuma Corafor drafted mm-hmm. in the third round. Left tackle, Western Michigan University. Uh, man, I remember watching him a lot. Uh, dancing bear type. Did not have any idea what he was doing with his hands yet. Or he does now. But he was raw. He does now. Yeah, okay. he's uh, he had a kind of a breakout season for for the Steelers, and with his age, he's somebody I would target for sure. Because I actually looked into this for the Falcons because they need a, an upgrade, and I actually put down both the right the, the tackles for the Denver Broncos as options for the Falcons because they were inexpensive and still big upgrades in uh, in Fleming and Massey, um, and the pie in the sky one was uh, a Corafor. Corafor. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with the Broncos names now, but not the, the Chucks. That's why we were just going to call him Chucks. But uh, that's where I would look uh, for mm-hmm. a guy that you can pencil in there for the next decade at right tackle. For me, for free agents, I like to wait until the offseason is commenced because you're going to have a lot of guys who are cut because they can't fit under their team's salary cap anymore. They're not thinking they're worth that signing. And the thing I love, love about the guys that are cut is that they do not count towards the compensatory formula. So if you sign somebody who was released, you can still play with house money and pay them whatever. And they're not going to count against the comp picks that you could get for the 2023 class. So I want to see who's cut first and then maybe lean into that a little bit. Broncos have a little bit more cap space. Maybe you throw an extra million per year on somebody's deal. So that way you can save a fourth round comp pick kind of situation. Um, something to think about it. So teams like the Ravens have been doing that for years now. And they, how do the Ravens have so many young guys and a great special teams year after year? They have 10,000 compensatory picks like every single time. Um, so Grant Hamilton coming in with a picture of Willem Dafoe. God, Willem Dafoe. Have you watched the new Spider-Man yet? I haven't. Okay. Very, uh, no spoilers, but no spoilers. Uh, I didn't, no I, didn't spoilers. Even, I don't even watch. If there's something I want to see, I don't even watch trailers. Okay. So I hate it when they do. It's like, oh, you know, we're going to watch the Avengers. And by the way, Spider-Man's going to be in it. Like now I'm just Damn sitting it. here for an hour and a half waiting for Spider-Man to show up. Thanks. Um, well, so no, I haven't. I don't know much about it, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. But Grant that's says good. can't afford a super chat right now. I'm buying a house. Well, congratulations. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for you. It's a lot of work. If you are married, it's a lot of stress. Moving, moving sucks. Um, but getting into a house, especially your first one, is really a special time. So love y'all show and appreciate the amount of content you put out. We appreciate you. So thank you. Mark Schrader coming with some big stars. So Man, other than quarterback, what position do you feel needs to be addressed first, in either free agency or draft? Edge, right tackle, one and two. After quarterback, those are the easy ones for me. Uh, Edge, right tackle. You went into this season thinking that you had Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, and really you had neither. Now you you need somebody. Uh, I think Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones improve immensely if their running mates improve a lot. Yeah. Yeah, those are ones that I feel like they should be addressed first in free agency. You need to bring in an upgrade at right tackle. And even if that's just retaining Bobby Massey, um, then you're not sitting there with your 
you know, pants at your ankles uh, when you come into the draft. It's just, you, you know, you don't want to be in a vulnerable position at the right tackle spot. Um, same with edge. I will say that uh, I was kind of like, oh, Dan Quinn, maybe bringing Randy Gregory proceeding to see Randy Gregory make like three boneheaded defensive penalties with his history. I guess you have a boneheaded decisions makes me a little bit scared about giving him the bag. Maybe that's one you want to avoid or give him another one. You're proving to He's very talented when he's on the field, but he seems like a little bit of a bonehead. So he scares me. Uh, other two positions I'll throw out here uh, for Mark's question. Thank you so much for the comment and the uh, contribution, Mark. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Um, saw Mark here the other day as well. I think he's kind of a somewhat of a newer contributor on the show. So appreciate Sneaky you, Mark. Contributor sneaking on in there. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Mark. Going in the um, March. We, we, I said, I think we wanted a, what was it? An Andrews shirt. I think we need a Mark's shirt as well. I think, mm-hmm. I think we have five or six uh, Mark's in the community. Hit the Mark. All right, let's, let's do it. Um, but anyway, the other two positions, I would say linebacker for sure is one off ball linebacker. There's a reason that Dean and Devin Lloyd, who we still got to get to a little bit um, are the guys that are, being mocked to the Broncos at nine off ball linebacker. You have Baron Browning and question mark. So they're going to bring in somebody in free agency. The other one that's sneaky is defensive back. Mm-hmm. You're losing Kyle Fuller. You're losing Bryce Callahan. You're losing Kareem Jackson. That's a lot of big time contributors in that back end. And you need bodies in the defensive backfield in the AFC West. You're going up against Patrick Mahomes. You're going up against Justin Herbert. You're going up against even Derek Carr. If you don't have the bodies in the defensive backfield, you are going to get killed. You just yeah, need you to could, throw resources at it. Cornerback, you can play with six corner or six six defensive backs at a time, so you need ten. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, do you have those guys? The top end is really good, but your depth is taking a hit. So yeah. for me, as far as immediate starters, where could I come in and make my team the better right away? The easiest, knock on wood, is is edge and right tackle. I think those are the ones. So mm-hmm. the other places you're really looking for, can I upgrade and can I build depth? You know, best mm-hmm. players, good value. And you can really use that everywhere. Um, you can use that in, in a lot of spaces. And, and defensive back is a sneaky need. I think safety, you know, is a is a big need. What would you would you go in right now with Caden Stearns and and Justin Simmons? Is Stearns ready to be a full time starter of the NFL, or would you rather bring back a veteran in there too? I think I'd be okay with it. A lot of it's going to depend on the defense. Like maybe they play the more dichotomous safety role, where it's you have the different body types. Um, from the free safety versus the strong safety where you've had a little bit more of guys who wear every hat in Vic Fangio's because you are using the too high safety look pre-snap every time and then rotating down. Um, so maybe you want a more dichotomous body type with the strong safety to put Justin Simmons more at free safety. Um, I'm fine with Caden Stern starting next year. I also thought that uh, PJ Locke, I'm assuming he's back next year, but he flashed a lot in preseason. Never really had to get down to him because the depth was fine. You also have Jamar Johnson still there. Um, so you have a, I think a decent floor at safety, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't keep you from upgrading the position as well. You need bodies. You need versatile bodies in the back end. I'm Um, such a proponent of quantity in your defensive backfield. You need it. I mean, cornerback too is one of the most volatile positions year to year. And the big reason for that is if a guy has even a slight hamstring injury and his play level goes from hundred percent to 90%, that's the difference between breaking up a pass player, getting cooked for an 80 yard touchdown. So you need depth because injuries are going to happen and injuries impact the cornerback position quality of play almost more so than any other position so uh depth 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 the broncos take a cornerback at nine overall i'm going to be sitting here saying listen guys i know i clowned him last year for not taking a quarterback there but if you're not taking a quarterback cornerback's about as good as you can get uh for the position value you need guys you need stars broncos first in the draft 20 dollars super sticker not sure what the super sticker is but uh this was a uh, broncos you know 17 and 0 for a while and broncos 17 and 1 now we're broncos first in the draft <laughs> I like I like your outlook on life. It's it's probably 
a sunrise. That would be the the outlook that Broncos first in the draft has. Always looking for the positive way and always keeping this show positive as well. So thank you so much. Um, a levity. Ethan coming in again with a contribution to the Hire Hackett Fund. I yeah. don't discount the Hire Hackett Fund after the Fire Fangio Fund. The, the hashtag Triple F went so well. Super Bowl picks from the remaining eight. I'm going Bills Rams. I like Bills also. And then, man, I, I really, I could see any one of the Packers, uh, Bucks. I can make a case for Packers, Bucks, and uh, and Rams. My gut reaction was Packers, but they seem to come up short a lot. Um, so I'm not so sure on that one. So it's got to be the 49ers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God, that's just what the 49ers need is to, to – what would they do with Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, if the defense and the run game leads them to a Super Bowl, Nick Bosa goes superhuman again. Oh, my God, Nick Bosa was so good versus the Cowboys. What is he, a is he, has he been cleared? I don't think he's been cleared yet, but I don't – I think it sounds like everything's pointing towards he will be okay. cleared. Um God, pay the incredible. right doctors and make sure he can play. This is the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a difference maker, man. He needs to be talked about in the uh he's not the athlete like Miles Garrett is, but he's so good with his hands. He's better than his brother, too. Um, if he can stay healthy, he's incredible. Um, but thank you so much for the higher hacking fund. I'm gonna go Bills Packers as well. Um, I think my preseason pick was Bills Buccaneers. Um, but I think the Bucs are too injured right now. The Rams beat them when they met up the first time. I I, I believe that was a great game earlier in the season, but the Bill the the Buccaneers now, they've lost uh, Chris Godwin. They don't have Antonio Brown. And now you lost Ryan Jensen uh, to an injury and potentially Tristan Wirfs to an injury as well. And that offensive line, the Buccaneers offensive line was sneakily one of the best in football. Not enough credit. I know they still have Tom Brady, but I just, I don't know, man. They've lost a lot of things. And once they lost Chris Godwin, who was the pivot man for that offense, as far as where the ball was going, um, they've leaned more on the slower developing pass game and the offensive line pass protection and the run game. Now you're losing your best two guys in uh, the likes of Brian Jensen and Tristan Wirfs. That scares me a bit. That scares me a bit, especially going up against uh, Aaron Donald. Does this feel as wide open in the in the quarterfinals as we've seen in a long time? I, I feel like I can make a legit argument for six teams. Yeah. I, I feel like there's, I, there's six teams that could make the Super Bowl and it wouldn't be a surprise. It doesn't. I don't yeah. feel like it's been like that for a while. Yeah, I think you're correct there. There's not an overwhelming favorite. Uh, maybe we should be just leaning into the Chiefs since they've been to the Super Bowl, what is it, two years, three years in a row or something, godforsaken like that. But uh, yeah, it, it does feel pretty wide open, and that's a lot of fun. I'm hoping that we have better games this week than we saw last weekend as far as uh, competitiveness, but we'll see. Um, but thank you so much, Ethan, for your second big contribution to the show. Uh, appreciate the heck out of you for that. Um, Before we get on out here, I'll let Scott look at the ch chat a bit. Um, need to read what the... Dane Brugler said he had a Broncos taking a linebacker as well. Devin Lloyd, my linebacker one personally from the University of Utah. That might change a bit if they do Broncos do bring in Dan Quinn, but I think Devin Lloyd would be a good fit for what the Broncos were running. Um, this is what Dane Brugler had to say. Broncos said no thanks to Justin Fields and Mac Jones at nine overall last year. Will they pass on the quarterback position again this year? We'll see if Denver is able to find an upgrade position at the position prior to the draft or if it buys into one of the quarterbacks in this draft class. Denver landed an impact defender with the ninth pick last year. It could do that again in Devin Lloyd, a former safety. He has outstanding eyes and explosion to drive downhill. 22 tackles for a loss in 2021, which is an insane number. Uh, and the athleticism to make plays and coverage. Four interceptions and two pick sixes in 2021. Uh, Devin Lloyd impressed me a lot this season. He is my linebacker one. I don't think I would love him at 10 overall. I think Eric Trickle has him as high as like seven in his overall big board right now. Um, but he's a good player. I like that a little bit more than Nicobe Dean, just because I think he's a little bit more. 
I think he's a little bit more versatile. Dean, I think he's, if you ever ask him to stack and shed, he's going to be in trouble because he just does not have the length. He's good with his instincts of beating guys to spots, but actually taking on guys, not always the best. Uh, Lloyd, I think, doesn't have to be protected by the scheme as much as Dean does. And with a top 10 pick, you need to be thinking about these guys over a decade long lens. So mm-hmm. I, I like him a little bit more with the scheme versatility. I, I think Lloyd might be the better player. Um, I, I, I'll be interested in to see how the, the, the pro days work out and see how that translates. Um, you know, no offense to the, the PAC 12, but it's just, it's not the same level of competition. So I want to see how the pro day, the pro days show up. Um, you know, does he show up six, three and a half, 235 pounds and is, his change of direction is as good as it looks to be on film. Cause on film, I think he looks like the better prospect. Um, he's, he's bigger, he's longer, his change of direction is elite. I love his awareness. I love how he uses his hands when he comes in as an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how he comes off the ball. He's good in coverage. So if, if he's, he'll sniff out a screen, I, 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 there's a lot to like about Devin Lloyd. Um, the question is, is he the better linebacker for you? Again, everything that N'Kobe Dean brings from an intangible standpoint is invaluable. It's absolutely invaluable. Does this guy, which of these guys makes my team better? This answer still might be N'Kobe Dean. It still mm-hmm. might be Nakobe Dean, um, yeah. but I think that that from an individual standpoint, that you might have a better prospect in in Devin Lloyd. It should be, I can make a case for both of them right now. And and again, it depends on what does this team really need. I kept hearing a lot from all of these podcasts. Where's the accountability? Where's the leadership? Man, that's Nakobe Dean for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, watching these guys thinking, okay, where's my pass rush? Where's my versatility? Who are my playmakers on defense? We play an offensive scheme. We play not to lose. We play a defensive scheme where we play not to lose. Well, we need a couple guys out there who are winners. We're going to go make a play. That's Devin Lloyd to a certain extent. So uh, I can see why two of the more respected guys in this business have chosen one of each of them because I can make a pretty good case for both of them. Yeah, and if you want a Devin Lloyd highlight game, just go watch the Pac-12 championship because he was all over the field. And a big thing, maybe this is just an an aesthetics thing for Dean versus Lloyd. Lloyd has to have five inches on each side as far as arm length. I mean, he's like a pterodactyl out there with his arm length. Almost looks like uh, Darius Leonard coming downhill uh, with how long he is. And because of that, even though he's not always the best at getting off blockers in the run game coming downhill, he's going to get his hands in a lane and trip up a running back or cause some sort of congestion because he has the length um, to do that. So he's, he's got some work to do, uh, but he's a lot of fun. Um, I like him a lot. I don't again not a proponent of taking him at nine overall. I'm guessing they, there will be an offensive lineman or a cornerback or a pass rusher that I value more. But if the Broncos walk away with him, it also sounds like um, we know that Dean has a lot of superlatives with the leadership that kind of comes in the territory of having a defense that good that's in the championship game, uh, winning the championship game. But Devin Lloyd sounds like he is a a dude as well as far as leadership and accountability in Utah. And Kyle Rittenhouse runs probably one of the best programs out there for the Pac-12. I think he's the second longest tenured head coach in football right now. Um, and man, that dude's awesome. So uh, he's fun. Um, again, I know I'm very much not a proponent of taking linebacker at nine overall because I think that evaluators in general, there's there's a little bit too much certainty. And I think maybe you have to have that in your, if you are that line of work, you have to believe in your decisions and have some conviction. But me, I'm more of a risk analysis here where like, you can't be certain that a player is going to hit. So let's say you hit, uh, Nicobe Dean or Devin Lloyd doesn't end up being an all pro pro bowler linebacker. He just ends up being a double, you know, a solid starter at the position. 
you can find solid starters at linebacker for a song and a dance in day two of the draft, maybe in round four. You're not finding many starting caliber cornerbacks or edge rushers at that point. Even uh, the superstars are going top five, but the even the the starting caliber guys are first round picks most of the time. So it's a it's about allocating your resources the best to the value and understanding league trends. That's one reason I'm a little bit skeptical on the linebacker in the top ten. He has yeah. to be a pro bowler. I, I I agree with you. I I think that the premium position at need that we talked about edge tackle corner is going to be available. And I don't think you can pass up one of those guys. Uh, again, you talk about best player available versus biggest need. Well, when you have the best draft, it's when you can match those two. When you've got a need and you've got the best player available. And I, I think you're going to have that ability at number nine. Mm-hmm. Assuming they keep it. But guys, we're not going to keep you on anymore. We're going to get on out of here. Appreciate you guys so much for joining us today, for supporting us. We will see you again on Monday morning. Uh, make sure you're joining us again tonight for a more huddle up. Uh, we'll see if Chad is back. Scott, are you feeling okay? You've been uh, you've been on a marathon here. I feel like you're a, a telethon. Yeah, um, Chad's fine. That's what I meant to say that last night, and I apologize to the 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 Huddle Up Pod family that I didn't. Chad's fine. He's just uh, we were talking to him before show. He just has a, a sore his throat. His throat's really bothering him. So uh, the, that's one of the lingering effects that he's having. And he didn't want to do a pod. It, it just it was going to be a little too much on his throat. But for those of you that have have put your chat in your thoughts, he's doing well. Uh, he's he's good. He's just not ready to talk for an hour. Yeah. No, it's uh, that makes sense. Glad to hear he's doing well. Talked to him yesterday as well. Uh, getting over it, um, but it'll be fine. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, you can find Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at, oh, I guess he puts a Chad always given up. Maybe it was me that put us in the wrong. This isn't building Broncos. This is Broncos for breakfast. Uh, but we <laughs> follow us. Make sure you're following us also at Mile High Huddle. If you guys like the coffee mugs, uh, we'll flash it here. HuddleUpPod.com. Check out the gear there. Got the hats, got the beanies, got the coffee mugs. It's a good time. If you guys are on Facebook, make sure you're joining us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. If you like the linebacker, somebody talk me, talk me to one of these linebackers, the ninth overall, let's have a fun conversation about that because it's, I'm not such a big headed person to say that I'm hundred percent, right. I'm willing to have my mind changed based on new evidence and uh, information. So no, like, um, like we were talking about Nick with, with Mel Kiper, the only, if you start talking in absolutes, you're going to sound like an idiot. You got to check your ego at the door yep. and lawyer it a little bit. You got to leave yourself a little wiggle room. If, you, you talk about a lot of ifs, coulds, woulds, and shoulds when you're talking draft. Jeremy, Chad is day-to-day. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's having a veteran rest day, guys. Come on, let him alone. Um, but to make sure you're following us on Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you guys haven't done so yet, please do us a big favor. Head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and a comment. Chance to win some of our gear, maybe one of those mugs if you ask for it uh, as well. Let me know. Um, and but make sure you head to iTunes. I know we got a lot of listeners in here and not everybody has gone over to iTunes to leave that, but that does us a heck of a lot of help. Uh, please do so. If you guys are on YouTube, join us on YouTube today, or you have a YouTube account, make sure you go to mile high huddle, subscribe, like, and share this channel to your social media pages, hit that bell notification. So, you know, when we go live and you can join us every morning and almost every morning, I guess, but, uh, in the mornings and every evening to talk Broncos. I know that it's the off season. Uh, but this is a off season with a lot going on. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you're tuning in to mile high huddle to get all the latest information. Also make sure you're heading over to Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy, where we are going to, we've been doing a lot of Falcon stuff, which we will continue to be the emphasis. I'm sure it's your channel. You tell me what it is, but a lot of stuff going on here with the senior bowl coming up, which I am super excited about. Scott will be in mobile this year and 
Broncos eyes are going to be down in mobile too, because gosh, the quarterbacks there are going to be the talk of the town. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of Falcon stuff. Cause it's a lot of draft stuff. We're talking a lot of draft mm-hmm. and we're talking a lot of free agency. Um, you know, that's, I didn't know who Chucks was until yesterday talking right tackles at free agent. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I, I showed that comment from Howler Wolf, bro, or whatever his name was talking. Let me see if I can still find it. Um, so he's getting in late. It says for two is to have Scott in here with Atlanta picking right before us and getting Quinn. There's a lot of, there's a lot of synergy between the Broncos and Falcons, including needs, including possibly Quinn, uh, the picks right there back to back and, uh, wait till we send you Matt Ryan. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, that'll be, <laughs> We'll see what happens. I mean, I guess if you're bringing in Mike McDaniel, then uh, maybe you're going to see Matt Ryan worked with him, right? So we'll see. There's a lot of connections. Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, uh, Kirk Cousins, a lot of connections with those uh, Kyle Shanahan guys there, with those quarterbacks that might be on the move. We'll see what happens. Uh, love you guys. Stay safe. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. If you missed the show, like Phil saying he overslept, make sure you check us out on iTunes where it'll go live up after at some point here. Uh, you guys have a good one. We'll see you again Monday morning. Maybe we'll have a coach by then. Who knows? Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Thursday. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.